0: Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. Today, what we're gonna be talking about is really how to maximize your team. You already have a team. You have people that are great at doing work for you, and this is whether or not you have an internal team or outsourced resources, it doesn't matter. We all are very good at accessing resources around us. But there's a really interesting challenge that I've seen lately with some of my clients and some of the people that I work with, and that is that they have a team but they don't actually have what I would call a unique ability team. And what that means to me is they're not actually maximizing the potential of who they already have around them. And there's a very different mindset as to whether or not you simply have a team or whether or not you have a unique ability team. So I'm going to draw that distinction really clearly. You can decide which side you're on because it's a little bit of a continuum. In some places, you might be more one or the other. The book is called The Starfish and the Spider, The Unstoppable Power of Leaderless Organizations, published in 2006 by Ori Brofman. Now, the interesting thing, if you look at an organization as a spider, it has a head, and eight arms. And this is kind of how I see certain organizations, the key decisions happen at the top. And the person at the top, entrepreneur, or business owner, feels very responsible, very accountable. Often it feels like a burden for all of the decisions that have to get made. And now it is one of the opportunities of owning your own business. However, it's also the downside. It's also the challenge where you go to sleep at night Worrying about things, you wake up in the morning, worrying about things, it could be client service issues, it could be cash flow, it could be team member trauma, whatever it is, there are things that are concerning you. And often you feel like it falls on your shoulders. Now I know some entrepreneurs who also train their team to think that it falls on the owner's shoulders. So they're not used to taking responsibility. They're not used to actually what I call managing up. They say, yes, you're right, that is your responsibility. And I make a really big distinction between management and leadership. And one of the biggest boxes I find that entrepreneurs are in, sometimes they put themselves there, but other times it just happens, is that you think you should be a manager and your team thinks you should be a manager. And guess what? you're not. It's not your talent. It's not your passion. You'd rather go create new business. You'd rather go create new opportunities. You'd rather design a unique solution that hasn't been thought of before. There's something that you're doing that you're far more passionate about, far more capable of than, quote unquote, managing your team. Now, having said that, a few of you are managers a few of you are brilliant at it in which case please put as many people under you as you can because the world needs more of you but frankly it's a rare talent I think to be unique at managing and not often found in entrepreneurial organizations I think much larger more corporate structures attract that type of person so I'm going to guess that that's not you So the challenge, again, going back to the whole decision-making model, is when if it all falls on you and the team is managing to you and saying, yes, you should be the manager, is that in some areas you're going to make fabulous decisions and in some areas you're not or not make decisions at all because that's not your area of expertise. It's not where you're confident, which means that some parts of your business grow other parts languish. They fall behind. There are problems that arise. Messes get made because you have not made decisions, which leads to problems with your team, problems with your clients, certainly problems with your suppliers. Who knows, regulation could be an issue. There's lots of potential quote-unquote traumas that happen. Before I jump into the next model, there's one other challenge. If anything happens to the spider's head, the whole thing just goes away. So fortunately, there is another model. And the other model is one where there is distributed intelligence. In Brofman's book, he talks about a starfish organization. And a starfish organization is kind of amazing. So as opposed to the organism dying when the head gets cut off like it does with the spider, with the starfish, guess what? If you cut off an arm, an arm regrows. And guess what happens to the other arm? It grows a new head. That's kind of amazing. So there's so much intelligence and capability in the entire organism, using that word intentionally, that it can regenerate itself. It can survive in new situations. It can overcome challenges and traumas. It can really embrace a higher level of operating. And to a large extent, this is how I think of unique ability teams. So if you're not familiar with our definition of unique ability, I'll give you the really quick, simple one. So first of all, your unique ability is what you'd love to do and are best at. You are passionate about this activity. This is something you love to do. As I said, it gives you energy. You can always think of ways to get better. And you wake up looking forward to doing this. It doesn't actually feel like work, which is really neat. And once you're actually attuned to what you're unique at, most of us start to pay really close attention to two things. One is those things that do not give us energy, that actually deplete us. And we start looking around and going, oh, there are people out there who love to do everything I don't. And then the world looks like a fairly miraculous, abundant place because before you thought you had to do everything yourself and no one else would want to do this and you felt really stuck. All of a sudden, all of this talent makes itself available to you, frankly, because you have simply changed your perspective. Now, I could call it a leaderless organization or I like to call it a leaderful organization. You have leadership everywhere. That's really how we think about it. It's really powerful to have this model of you having your own unique ability, surrounded by people who are as passionate in their area of expertise as you aren't in their area of expertise. And that is so much fun. There is nothing more fun when you have that level of creative and collaborative teamwork as you do with Unique Ability Team. It does require you to give up something. And what you have to give up is the mindset. I can do it better myself. You have to make that shift, recognizing that there are some things at which you are superb and you are meant to do, and the more you're freed up to do it, the more successful you'll be. But in that process, you have to have unique ability teamwork because guess what? That other stuff still has to get done. It's not going away. And so therefore, building the teamwork around you also becomes one of the key capabilities here. Now, if you've been listening to these podcasts, you know I'm a hugely avid reader, and I like to inhale books, and one of the ones I found most educational, in addition to The Starfish and the Spider, is tribal leadership, and so tribal leadership is written by Dave Logan, John King, and Haley Fisher-Wright, and in that book, they articulate the fact that there are five different levels of tribes, and the ones that apply to us really are stage three and stage four. Really, the motto or the language that goes along with a stage three tribe is I'm great, you're not. And it's very much that climbing, elbows out, putting other people down on your way up to the top, fairly aggressive. Again, that mindset of I can do it better myself. So you kind of look for angles and ways, I'm not going to say to use people, but that's how it ends up feeling to them, frankly, of moving ahead. And you think you're great, and other people, not so much. This is very much true in a lot of corporate America. By the way, this information comes from their studies. This is not something they made up. Almost half of corporate America is at stage three. And then also academic institutions, certainly in healthcare, the mindset is really, I'm great, you mm, can't say the same, which is really not that fun to be around. If you've been around someone who thinks like that, it's like, hmm, really? You have no insight or perspective on how i could be as good at my passion as you are at yours those people do not attract teamwork who wants to work with someone who's just going to put them down or make them feel stupid and there's other phenomenal information about how to move from stage three to stage four so for that please go grab the book tribal leadership or listen to my interview with dave logan at TeamSuccessHandbook.com. fabulous interview with him he's very articulate Now, a stage four tribe has a very different way of thinking, and that is that instead of I'm great, you're not, it's we're great. You kind of have to give up the ego, give up, and I think a lot of the burden, to move to the we're great mentality, and this is where I look at really phenomenal organizations who think this way. I mean, I'm a part of one at Strategic Coach, which is owned by Dan Sullivan and Bab Smith, and they are so clear on what their unique abilities are and what they're not. (laughs) They're very, very clear, and they're very open about it, and there's a ton of transparency, which means also the team then has enormous permission to step up into those areas that are not their unique abilities, and it means that they're very cognizant of looking around for talents that are complements to theirs, and that is just a delicious environment to be in. Another really well-known company is Zappos.com they just attract an incredibly engaged workforce that is all about teamwork, all about collaboration, all about supporting one another. They're actually an example in tribal leadership of a stage four team. And really their mission in life, not to sell apparel, not to sell shoes, but really to provide superb customer service, what they call wow service. And I love that. Delivering happiness is Tony Shea's book, CEO of Zappos. So if you want a really great example, of a stage four tribe, check out Zappos. And if you want to read about it, more the construct or the theory behind it and the practice behind it, then definitely check out Tribal Leadership. I think it's a very necessary transition that owners need to make in order to go from that spider model where you think you have to be the key one to make all the decisions to really the tribal leadership stage four model, that starfish model where there's a lot of intelligence. And if I think about organizations who want to grow not two times but ten times, it's really that you want to have what Strategic Coach would call a self-managing company. You want all of the capabilities, all the talent, all the intelligence, all the resources distributed so that everyone can make really smart decisions. Instead of that being a threat, I think that's very inspiring. And if I think about which organization can get bigger – Definitely the starfish model. Definitely that stage four tribal leadership model. And certainly if you want to attract really superb, intelligent, and engaged team members, then definitely the model of the starfish is far more attractive to that person. They can really thrive there. That means they can explore their own unique ability, their own teamwork. They get to specialize in things that they're passionate about. And it's interesting, one of the concerns I hear a lot is, well, if I attract really great people, Won't they just leave and create their own businesses? And what a lot of business owners don't know or don't appreciate is that actually, no, if you create an amazing environment where people get to do what they love to do and are best at in teamwork with other people who also love to do what they do and are best at that, why would anyone leave? Really? That takes a lot of intentionality and a lot of energy. And they've just found it? No, no, no. Most people, frankly, are not entrepreneurs. You're a very small subset of the population, which is fine. Just appreciate that that's rare air that you're breathing and that if you can create an environment that attracts unique ability teams and unique ability teamwork, wow, you have really got the recipe for both 10 times growth and a self-managing company. So I hope this conversation has inspired you. I think if you're feeling trapped by the spider mentality, then you know the direction in which to go in and definitely tap into these other resources. There's a lot more details in those books, but really the overview is to be able to move from just having a team, because again, a lot of you have teams that are great people, really talented, but frankly, they're held down. There's a ceiling beyond which they cannot go because they don't have distributed decision making. And some of you don't actually have the right teams. You haven't hired people who want to think for themselves. So yes, there might be a change involved there. However, the benefits and the payoffs are so big and so much better than the other way. It's definitely worth the journey. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Team Success Podcast. And if you have any questions or comments, please email them to us at questions@strategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success.